Hey everyone, welcome to The Start. I'm your host, Patrick Johnson, and this week we're with a really good friend of mine and a really cool dude. His name is Corey Grusden. Corey, I hope I said your last name correctly. Um, So yeah, that's who's with us this week. Corey is the founder, creator of SoFetch, which is a a consultancy, development consultancy that he has started uh, after many, 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 many years of programming. Just to give you a bit of a backstory, I met Corey in 2010. We talk about this a little bit in this episode. I met him at South by Southwest through a friend of a friend of a friend. We were all hanging out drinking, and this friend, Jenny, invited Corey to come drink with us. Uh, Corey and I chatted for a little bit. I think we just exchanged you know, Twitter usernames and like followed each other, whatever. Kept in touch briefly on Twitter. And then he was in New York for a little bit of time, and that's when we really hung out, which was interesting because Corey's like seven years older than me, and he was hanging out with a college kid at a college bar. So I'm sure... Sorry, Corey. But um, needless to say, Corey has been a very supportive person in my life as of late. Ever since I switched into programming, Corey has been a part of the circle of support that I have around me uh, in terms of programming. So if I ever had a question or, you know, confused on any topics or ideas, paradigms, et cetera, Corey was always willing to help. Whether or not it was a quick Skype session, a message via text, or if I sent him some code via email, he'd review it, tell me what's wrong with it, how I should think about it, et cetera. So um, with all that being said, I'm incredibly happy to have Corey on the show. I think this episode is actually going to be, it is a very good episode. Um, There's a lot of things about Corey's life that I didn't know about. Corey's a programmer through and through and through, but I didn't realize this, but he's been programming ever since he could since he was like seven or eight. And he's done this his entire life. But the more interesting impact is sort of how he thinks about programming and or thinks about it as like, you know, an outlet, a thing to do, to create things, an entity to automate things, an entity to make life easier. He's has a different experience than a lot of our other guests that we've interviewed. He does have a bit more practical experience in the realm of programming. For those of you who do or do not know, he was programming when he would use text-based role-player games in BBS, which I've never done. I'm 27. Um, and it's never something I've been around. So he's been doing this for a really long time. And it's very clear in this episode that programming is not just a, a means to an end financially, but a, a bit of a way of life for him. And he's had some ups and some downs and He's definitely gone through a lot more than he leads on in that regard, and, and I have much respect him for that. And he's very much a, a big brother to me in the world of programming, and really just he's a really, really good friend. Uh, so I'm really excited to share this episode with all of you. With that, I'll leave you with the episode uh, and conversation that I had with Corey Grusden. A bit of admin again: rate, review, share the podcast if you can, if you like it. If you have any feedback, have any comments, just want to say hello, you can always hit me up on Twitter at the Start FM. Um, and with that, here's my conversation with Corey Grusden. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you. This is The Start. Hey, Corey, welcome to the start. Hello. How are you doing on this? Based on your sunglasses, um, it seems like it's sunny in San Francisco. Oh, it's Super Bowl weekend. It's there. always sunny in San Francisco. Yeah. This is <clears throat> Super Bowl 50. And it's, uh, 
it's exciting, but I'm also attempting to avoid that area. <laughs> the Super Bowl city. Are you, you're, so you're not going to try to sneak into the Super Bowl, which I've heard is not incredibly difficult to do. Like, I'm sure there's so many people involved that they're just like, yeah, whatever, come in. No, I, I'm not going to try. I actually went and checked out the puppy, uh, the, the puppy bowl. That was pretty cute. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's all I wanted to see. <laughs> you should have rented out your place for way more expensive than San Francisco rent already is, and you could have made some money. I would. I tried to do that when it was in Tampa, and I was in college, and it didn't work out. I wasn't close enough to the stadium. Oh. Um. So for listeners, I've known Corey for quite a while. So I know I know who you are, but why don't you tell everyone listening, and by everyone I mean your mother, what you do for a living, or just who you are and all that good jazz. Well. It's a, it's almost a loaded question. It's changed uh, over the years. It's a bit loaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at, at heart, I'm a software developer. I've, I've done uh, a lot of different technologies or, you know, worked on a lot of technologies on a lot of different platforms. Um, and then recently, now I'm running this uh, agency, software agency, where we primarily focus on developing web and mobile applications uh, for a wide range of customers. And that's a uh, so fetch. Um, so to answer your question, software. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, so if, if I, if I am allowed, if I were to sum up, you are a software developer who runs a consultancy agency development shop. Yep. Sounds, sounds perfect. I'm going to say that next time. Cool. I'm going to invoice you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Send it over. Um, so, all right. That being said, I want to give some background. So listeners, Corey and I are friends. We've been friends for a couple of years now. Um, I met Corey in 2010. He and I were both at South by Southwest. I was hanging out with a group of friends. I knew like two people and she had more friends in that group. Um, and one night we we're all chilling in this person named Jenny's. Hilton apartment. It was just like, it was like seven of us. And there was literally like ice and beer in the tub. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And yeah. And Jenny was like, Oh, I met this guy. He seems pretty cool. Uh, I invited him up. His name's Corey. Like whatever. <laughs> I don't, that's about all I got. So we met Corey and he was wearing basically like harem pants or whatever. Like the, the swishy pants. Basically you were, ba- you were like in PJ attire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> like sweatpants or whatever. Just chilling. I'll be in fancy. Um, then, right? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, hey, man. And and by the way, Corey is a, a bit older than me. I'm 27. How old are you, Corey? Uh, 30. I'm six, seven years older than you are. Uh, a bit older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, your you're age range is my brother. Uh, I still get carded. So <laughs> It's because you act like a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so Corey and I met then, and I was like in college still. Um, and he was a pretty cool dude, and actually we kept in touch. What ended up happening was I went to NYU first semester, uh, and Corey was living and working in New York for a, a couple of months. I don't remember how long. And then for some reason, he agreed to hang out with me and my college friends at a college bar. Uh, but we've kept in touch ever since, and, and at the time, I was doing like marketing advertising stuff, which listeners are very well very well aware of because I've talked about it before. And then I made the switch over to development and Corey has sort of, he's been a, a good point of support for me in that regard. He doesn't do my work for me, unfortunately, but 
Uh, he's always been more than happy to jump on Skype real quick, even to just let me see the shit he was calling. So it was really nice. So that's, that's Corey and I's, oh, cool. um, Thanks, man. yeah, yeah, of course that's our background, but Corey, since you're technically a grandpa in the development <laughs> world, um, too soon, man, too soon, too soon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when did you start? Like, I don't want to say start programming, right? Because that, that's a loaded question because we could be talking about professional programming. We could talk about, uh, when you started learning program, like those kind of things. But when did you start like fucking around with computers, I guess is a better way to phrase it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the details, you know, the, 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 the memories that I, I have are, you know, my, my mother and I, uh, we were moving back to Florida. Uh, so I'm from Florida, moved to Atlanta uh, there was, you know, some job opportunities, I guess, for my mother in Atlanta. Okay. And this was so around. you, you guys basically moved 30 minutes. Yeah, away. pretty much. You grew up in Jacksonville <laughs> and then you moved to Atlanta and then back. Okay. It's a little Got farther, it. but yeah, it's close. It's, uh, you know, and that was around the age of eight, um, or was when I was eight. Uh, and then when we came back to Florida, you know, it's, it's the problems that most people have, you know, you don't have, a, you don't have a home usually. So you have to stay with somebody, and that somebody uh, was her sister, my aunt and uncle. Uh, they had spare room, so we could come back to Florida and allow my mother at the time to look for a place, right? Gotcha. It's a little easier that way. Uh, and during that, you know, my aunt and uncle, they were both in the military, and the military, I guess it's that point uh, in time, had the privilege of purchasing personal computers, I want to say. Okay. Uh, so my uncle, they bought a 8286. Um, I mean, this is, I don't even, have you even used the 286? <laughs> I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah. Google image that, um, you know, it's like black screen, orange text and, you know, five and a quarter floppy. I don't even think it had a three, three and a half inch disc drive. I think we had to add that as an external. Um, oh, wow. And the modem. I think it was a 600 bound modem or 1200 bound modem. Anyways, you know, they, they bought this computer and brought it home and I was eight years old and there was a, maybe a game and I started playing it after they set it up and turned it on all that stuff. And then eventually I remember playing this game. It was a golf game and you'd hit the space bar and this little at sign would go across, you know, this green, a golf green, putting green. Yeah. And you'd have to hit the space bar again. And if you hit the space bar and this, at symbol was over the hole, you know, this, the, it was like pound signs, but there was one missing and that was the hole. And the, the ball would drop if you hit it correctly. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I wasted a bunch of time. It's like the, the YouTube. What of, was the name of that game? YouTube of 1980s. I have no clue. Um, it just, I just got stuck on it. I was like, man, this is great. Um, and then eventually, or sorry, shortly after that, I was like, man, uh, the, I just got inquisitive it was out of some boredom, right? So my aunt and uncle lived out, um, you know, fairly far away from uh, paved roads, et cetera. Um, it was a great spot. It was very quiet, but there was not a lot, of, a lot of things to go on. So the only thing I could do was, well, I've got this computer sitting in front of me. Let me try to make my own game. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I started with, uh, it was QBasic, I think. And, you know, there was like readme's. <laughs> um Readme's you could read, and then at the time, uh, you know, you would connect to BBS, not not the internet. 
so there would be these BBSs set up, and then they would have the BBS. These are all so foreign to me. Oh, I've like, <laughs> yeah, BBS is a bullet board system, and it was yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, and you know, no, I mean, I I, I know about the BBS, but like uh, by the time that I was on the computers, these things were oh long ancient. Gone. Like they're like dinosaurs, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's where it's, it's where it all most of it started, right? And it's yeah. uh, it's so funny to even talk about it right now in this inter- like right now this second because I think back yeah. where I, where I came from and where I'm at now. <laughs> yeah, the shit you were doing, and now people like yeah. they focus on JavaScript frameworks. Yeah, and it was like before they were like, man, I'm gonna make this golf game, and the golf ball is gonna be an at symbol, and then the green. It's like, and now they're like basically building spaceships with or even. Crazy. What is six hundred bound? What is that? <laughs> if you said six hundred bound, what, I mean bound rate. What is that? I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I was like a modem, and they're like, "What's a modem? Like, are you what? <laughs> have you seen the Goonies?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it started then. I uh, I just started to tinker. Um, you know, we didn't have the YouTube at the time. Obviously, we didn't have these things and these stories of people starting uh, some billion dollar company in their their garage. It you know, this is, I think how it starts is you just tinker and you're, you're totally closed yeah. off from the world. Um, and yep. as I say that out loud now and reflecting on that moment, I was like, Oh wow, that's pretty profound. Really? Um, no distractions. It, well, it's profound because you can be entranced by something that is not another person, right? There's no, the feedback it gives you is not emotional. It's just like there's input on the screen. You did it correctly or you didn't, right? And if you did it incorrectly, it might take you a while to figure it out because maybe it didn't have the best error messages kind of thing. And there was no world, there was no internet for you to, to copy and paste the error like we do now, right? Copy and paste the error, maybe do the keyword of whatever language it's in, and then you get spit back results, thousands of results from people who have the same error. Like you, no, you, if you didn't get it connected, you were sort of stuck. Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> the feedback loop. You know, these days in programming, we have you know uh, test driven development. We have all these things that we do prior to actually writing code or programming. Yep. That that tell us if we're right or wrong. You know, back then, I remember writing some QBasic uh, scripts. I guess you could call it at this moment of you know very linear. It's like you know you have line ten or here's ten print hello line twenty. Uh, you know, grab some sort of character, and then you, then you do something where it's like, okay, if this character is C, then go to twenty, and yep, there's you had to run run this thing, and go yeah, through. it sounds like it was very linear, uh, linear code, very linear. Whereas now it's, I mean, there's seventeen other keywords you could call your code. Oh yeah. Um, eventually, it turned into you know these these lines of code and these inputs and outputs, and then eventually it turned you know. I, I went from uh, just being able to get a response, you know, hit C, and then the computer does something, some action mm-hmm. uh, based off that conditional. And then it morphed into, oh, let me build a game and finally, you know, finally get to building the game where yep. now it was, you know, I remember a clue, uh, like clue the game, uh, and it was, yep. it was just a screen. And I remember having to paint pixels on the screen once we upgraded our monitor and our video card in the computer to actually give colors. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a task in and of itself. Were you receiving any guidance around? So, you know, you were doing this in your adolescence, right? Eight, 10, yep. 12, et cetera. Um, and in the very beginning, you were living with your mother and her sister and her husband. 
and it was their computer. So was anybody else technically inclined or were you sort of just guessing on your own? I think at the, at the moment, you know, my cousins weren't born yet. Uh, so my uncle and I, he would, you know, being in the military, they would have uh, different shifts, like night shift, whatever, you know, night watch okay. or something going on at night. So he had very odd hours. And then uh, he would be the one that would come home and, you know, have the manual and we would work on it together. And then, you know, he would go to sleep and go to work. And then I'd, I'd continue, you know, I'd sit there and bang on it and figure out, you know, can I move this peg forward? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we, we installed, uh, you know, sound cards. I, I remember like pro audio spectrum sound card 16. Yeah. I mean, uh, video wow. cards, drives, memory. I mean, it was crazy. And I don't know. I can't remember if he ever got into the actual programming. I don't, from what I remember, I'd have to say no. I think that was mostly me. Okay. Uh, or just on my own. But I remember like, yeah. we would, he would come home and we would play games like Sim City or Sim Moon, some weird game that, you know, we downloaded from a BBS that had zero instructions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, now we're trying to figure out this game by ourselves, which also lends itself how to be a better programmer. <laughs> you should always tell people how to use your software, but you know, even if you think yeah. you made it easy, it's probably not. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure back then though, a lot of it was more around the, the fact of creating something than teaching people how to, like, it, oh yeah. I don't know in terms of the timeline of the internet, it sounds like you're at the earlier end of it. So the fact that someone could create a game, put it online for somebody else to download and play is pretty freaking magical in its own right. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Like we, you know, we quickly moved into, um, you know, uh, you know, fast forward a year, maybe, um, you know, I'm playing on BBSs more and now games have come out on BBSs and these things are like finite, right? So a beat or sorry, uh, the amount of people that can play at one time is finite. So okay, it's based off of how many phone lines the, is going in, are the going into the BBS that that's how many people can connect and play. Right. And people would tie up phone lines all, all damn day. Um, but at this moment I was in school and a lot of my, I, I had very little friends because I'm still back in Jacksonville and we started playing a game called major mud and some other people, we would play Lord too, Lord of the red dragon. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, these things were so advanced for their time. It felt like, I mean, even when I think about it now, I'm like, damn, these games, they were out and I was eight. And this is when this is in the eighties and computers were all, have only been around, you know, like for 20, 15 years or sorry, I should correct myself. Not computers have been around for a lot longer than that. Uh, but like the personal yeah. computer, um, sure. Maybe like 1970s. So <clears throat> we were playing these games and then now you start playing these games with other people and you start to have friends. And the cool thing about it is because it's phone line based, no one's calling in long distance, which means these people are local. Uh, so we all became really good friends. We're still friends with, with each other till this day. So. Oh, so they were all, they were all Jacksonville based folks yeah. at the time. Correct. Wow. All right. So all this is making me have flashbacks to the show Halt and Catch Fire. Do you ever watch, did no, you ever watch that? No, I haven't. Dude, it's a, <laughs> well, you, you may or may not agree with it. So the premise is it's a bunch of people around that time um, in programming. So the first, the first season, they uh, build a competitor to IBM's personal computer. And they, it's called the Giant, mm-hmm. the 
whatever giant and it's a personal computer. That's like the whole first season is building this personal computer to do this stuff that it, you know, has never been done before. And the second season is around um, some, which were originally sub characters uh, or supporting, supporting cast. They become the main characters and they build a, uh, a gaming company called mutiny and they build games. Um, and like, they deal with like servers and all this like crazy shit. It's pretty cool. So that's like, you're telling me this. I'm like, Oh, I saw, I, I briefly saw this on a TV show, but you lived it. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny you bring that up because I just read uh, a, a really good book and maybe you've read this uh, and hopefully some of your readers or uh, listeners is uh, ready player one. Re- I haven't, but I, oh, it's on my list. Oh my God. The, the, our conversation alone. I mean, this book brought back all these, these thoughts and how I came to do what I do <laughs> and all the games I played. And, you know, it's really interesting because you know, through these games is what is what taught me really. Um, you know, yeah. playing with you basic when I was eight, sure that got the ball started. Um, I think you know a lot of people, a lot of my friends with kids, ask me, "Hey, uh, how can how can I get started, or how can I get my children started?" And it's so you almost have to like put all this stuff in front of kids and say, like, "Here, try piano." And if they don't like piano, then they don't like it. Go to something different. Um, yeah, programming obviously the same way, but it's. Uh, you know, playing these games online, the problems, business, the business problems started to show uh, of, okay, I'm 12 years old. I have, I can't sit here and play this day, this game all day. Uh, I have to, yeah. I have to go to school. <laughs> I've got stuff to do. Okay. I'm a busy 12 year old. I got bikes to ride, McDonald's, chicken McNuggets to buy with my buddies <laughs> with like the spicy sauce. Like I can't sit here and play this game all day, which, you know, when you're playing major mud, it's, it's all about time and killing monsters and getting experience and leveling up that get, you know, you get better stuff, you get more money. Some serious, some serious shit right there. Yeah. Killing monsters yeah. and whatnot. It's a status, man. So, uh, the business problem is how does this happen when I'm doing all these other things? And then we just started right. We're like, okay, how do we play this game without us sitting here? <laughs> <laughs> and we started finding, and like, this was, this was you and uh, you and your other friends yeah. that were also Yeah, by this time we've we've become friends. We we may actually it took us a while to all meet each other. I mean years. We've been, yeah. we we were playing these games for well, it's, it's still it's still sort of I mean thinking about the time, right? People thought it was weird to meet people on the internet and when you and I met in the 2000s. So I can only imagine being like, "Hey mom, I want to meet Jimmy." Mm-hmm. Where do you know Jimmy from? The internet. And this is, you know, the 80s, early 90s. She's probably like, meh, Jimmy's probably a grandpa. <laughs> and it's like, I could see how it might be a little bit more difficult or less uh, accepted then than it is now. Yeah, I see, and that's why I say it took years because we, it was, because Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm from, is so large. You, you, you need yeah. a car. And roadways weren't very, I mean, think back 20 years plus, it's, you know, it wasn't as easy to get from one part of the city to the yep. other back then alone. It still took an hour. So we actually waited until we were about, I guess, 15 or 16 when we actually, when we got uh, licenses to actually meet up. Gotcha. Uh, wow. You guys are playing games together for a yeah, long time. I mean, we're solid friends. It's, it's actually, uh, I don't know. I just look back and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's really cool that we were able to, to bond and meet over this thing. Um, and yep. then we also worked you know, it was funny because we broke out into kind of like factions, right? Um, there were a couple of guys, you know, one would do research and was really good at, uh, I would say like art of war, right? 
Yeah. Like he had the, yeah. the, the, the psychological part down and then yeah. he was part of the team. And then me and another buddy, you know, we would work on Perl scripts because we found Perl scripts that had network, uh, you know, communication built into them. And we were able to be like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get this script. And somebody already did a lot of the, the networking work. So yep. this gets us up and running. Now, once we have this script, we, because we play this game every day and we want to make this work, we learned Perl. And I mean, we're 13 years old, 14 years old <laughs> doing Perl. <laughs> Maybe even actually probably younger than that now that I think about it. But it's, um, but, you know, that was the first foray into heavier programming. I mean, network programming, uh, you know, we had to be careful. All these things come into play. You know, what happens if the connection drops? Oh, well, we need to reconnect. So you have this fucking Perl script that's recalling, <laughs> recalling the BBS. It's initiating yeah. that, that handshake. It's filling in your uh, password and everything. And then, you know, we'd have to, um, you know, new modules would come out. And it's like, oh, well, how does the script know where to walk around, you know, hitting east and north and west and all this stuff? And what monsters? Mm-hmm. So we'd have to add all this stuff uh, as it came out. Holy cow. And we kept this Perl script, you know, between all of us. We would email, like, I don't, email wasn't even a thing. We would have to zip it up and make it available for download on the BBS. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. So you were contributing to open source before you realized mm. it. Well, I mean, if, if we're talking about it in today's yeah, terms. Yeah, I mean, that's perfect. So I was an early contributor. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Send me that invoice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's actually really fun to talk about, like, even think about what we did. I mean, I, it was just so crazy. We would get into this game, and then, you know, Major Mud was a really good game. It was a text-based role-playing game. And, uh, yeah. You know, fast forward, um, there was another one called Dragon Realms, which is way more advanced, uh, much bigger world of people. This is this is when modems were out, like cable one-way cable modems. So you could have fast download, but upload was through your phone. Um, okay. You know, and getting into Quake and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just being able to have the knowledge that I, I learned. I was always a tinkerer, I guess. So, yep. you know, we would play a game like Quake or Doom, and then Doom came out with a thing where you could program your own worlds. Okay, well then, of course we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, and, you know, what else would we do? Oh, Dragon Realms, yeah. Dragon Realms was another text-based game that was more advanced. We had to write... We actually had to use um, Rintin. I think it was Rintin. Rintin is a scripting language that's just one-off. Um, oh my god, we had to use that. It came with its own little, like interface and we use that we had to learn that scripting language so we could play the game um and then eventually you know we would try to use Perl. there was a way that somebody found out the cryptography of or, or just like the the way to uh hash your password for dragon realms mm-hmm. and then now you can connect with a Perl script to the port and ip directly uh with your Perl script send over the hashed password and then now you're in now you can now you can have this whole environment. <laughs> you laugh, man. I'm laughing because you're like 13 years old and this is the shit you're We're a little doing. older. I mean, yeah, this is a progression from like 8 to, to 16. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think the overarching thing, like what I tell my, my friends too is, you know, a lot of, we were able to apply what we were learning immediately. The feedback loop for what we were doing was instantaneous. Mm-hmm. There was no class. There was no... Um, 
you know, even at the time, it doesn't matter if there was a class to, to, to learn programming or not. It was just, you know, you don't go and learn and study for a couple hours and then yep. you, you know, go do something and you tinker. It's like, no, I have a problem. <laughs> My problem is yep. I'm going to go to sleep in four hours and I want this damn thing to run and kill shit while I'm sleeping <laughs> Yeah, and get money. Don't forget to get the money. Always get the money. <laughs> um, so, so a quick, I, I have two questions. Uh, one is, at any point when you guys were basically my terminology, you were cheating the system in that you were enabling a way for your players to play without you by your players. I mean, your characters, um, did that at all, uh, lessen the fun of the game or I guess maybe at that point, the fun was less on the game and more on like creating shit to automate the game. I don't know. I think that's a great question. Um, and I never really gave it much thought, uh, until, you know, years after, uh, obviously subsided, but it was, it's more of uh, I think it was both. So okay, we were, we were obviously enjoying, I was definitely getting like loving the whole aspect of, Oh my God, this thing is playing by itself, you know? Yeah. But what it allowed us to do was, you know, in these games, there's a certain amount of grinding, right? There's, you have to put in all this time to get to some certain level to where you can, go do like the fun stuff. So yeah. I was like, okay, we'll just use our scripting. That's the fun stuff up until that point And then beyond. Gotcha. Okay. And what, and then what, so the scripting almost did all the hard work, not the hard work, but the boring stuff, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like we can sit there and waste, I mean, spend all of our time doing this, but we're going to try to be smarter, right. And beat the system. Yeah. And even when yeah. you beat the system, it's still, you never, you never win. Right. There's never, there's no end. So yeah, that's true. At least we can put ourselves in some upper echelon. And then, you know, it it even got to the point where we realized that, and it was so funny because we knew like all these other people that were extremely high level in the game where they were scripting as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you don't get, you don't get to that level unless you're scripting, right? That's That's what began to happen is like now now we were sharing secrets or we were at least uh, yep. in those terms, like, oh, we would walk into a room and we would we would start to, to find out that, oh, this guy, this player, if we said, you know, hello in the room, he would have a response. And then we would ask mm-hmm. a question. He'd have another response. And then eventually the responses would repeat. <laughs> oh, so I was like, really? oh, damn it, that son of a bitch is like doing so. He's got a responder. <laughs> I thought you, so I thought you were going to go a different route of um, sort of like there became the secret handshake amongst the scripters. Oh. So like you, you could say, good morning. It's a beautiful morning, isn't it? And he would know that that's. Oh, no, we just ass- like his, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, that's <laughs> I mean, that's the other side of it, I guess. Right, too. Is I actually like the secret handshake, too. Like The secret handshake. There was no secret handshake. It was just like that, yeah. that guy's scripting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. You never said well, anything about it. Yeah, well, it's the. It sounds like it was a bit of the Wild West. I mean, that's sort of the. To be entirely honest, I feel like the the state of the internet, right, or the state of technologies, it's a it's a cyclical state of the Wild West, and by that I mean one technology. So I'll use PHP as an example. When PHP first came out, it was probably like the best thing, the best thing since sliced bread, and then it became normalcy, and then something else came out, and that was the best thing since sliced bread. So I think what ends up happening is. Uh, the internet is always in a constant state of, of 
disarray or the Wild West. And it's just in that state on a different topic to some degree. Something just gets more mature. People make patches for shit that didn't. I mean, look at JavaScript, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to get super nerdy, but I listened to, I forget what I listened Oh, it was JavaScript dra- Jabber. And they had Brendan Eich, who's the creator of JavaScript. And he was like, you know, I built it in seven days. I built the entire language. And at the time, it was probably small, much smaller than it is now. He's like, I built it in seven days. And, you know, a month after I built it, I had to support some shit that I wrote that was terrible because people were using it in production. Mm-hmm. So that's always sort of the nature, right? And in in your case with the scripting, you guys are all sort of these cowboys in this Wild West. So you're not going to call anybody out because you guys are all sort of doing the same thing. It's more of a like a sort of pseudo society kind of thing. Like, oh, okay, this guy's a scripter too. He's going to go do his own thing, whatever. My scripts are better. It's fine. Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, I think, you, I mean, you totally hit it on, on point. And the other thing too that I had to, I didn't, I failed to mention was like in these games, uh, in Dragon Realm specifically, they were trying to preserve this uh, uh, role playing affair, right? So it's much like going to Burning Man, right? When you go to Burning Man, you don't talk about work, right? So when you're yeah. in this game, you don't yeah. talk about it's a game. You just you live yeah. as if you're the game. Yeah. There's some sort of <laughs> underlying rules, so to speak. Yeah. So if you get caught scripting, you are screwed. Like you're done. You're banned. How how would you have been like that like that responder kind of thing? Is that a way you would get caught? Yeah. So the reason so excuse me, let me all back up and say like bec- the responder was because of was trying to protect us from getting banned because what happened is the the game had a lot of moderators uh, and they would just oh, show yeah. up in the game and kind of like you know they'd shake your hand textually or something. They they get a, try to get a response from you. And if you don't respond, then you're like, okay, well, if you're doing all this stuff and you're not responding for an hour, uh, we're just going gotcha. to throw you gotcha. in this, this yep. virtual box. Yep. So you're essentially a bot at that. Point. Right. So we had to make the bot smarter. Um, gotcha. So, I mean, it was just a really, ah, oh, man, it was so fun. <laughs> and we've actually like, so like played, go ahead, we go actually ahead. tried to play it a couple years ago, uh, because Dragon Realms is still around and you, it has always been like. 10 or $15 a month, even back in the nineties. I mean, this game was charging. Um, and they must be crushing it. I mean, they have so many people, (laughs) but, uh, it's such a great game to play. Um, if you're going to play a game, it's, it's just really well done. Like from a programming standpoint, uh, it blows my mind that they had this in the nineties compared to where we're at right now. I'm like, Holy, it's, it's insane. What? What were the people immediately around you? So your mother, your family members, your your friends not on the computer thinking about this? Because it it sounds like you spent a lot of time in front of uh, a machine, and even today, with you know, if you had a kid who was fifteen and he spent all of his time on a computer, you you kick him out of the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what 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 was like? What was everyone's responses and stuff? I think my mother's response, uh, in fact, a lot of people didn't have a response at the moment because it was so new, I think. That's fair. Um, I do know that as time progressed, you know, when I was in junior high, probably 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16, my mom, she never said, she would never come unplug the computer. You know, I, I applaud, I mean, I, I applaud my mother. She was, she was, she is an amazing woman, was an amazing woman. Um, let me do whatever I wanted. Uh, as long as it was within reason. Uh, I don't sure. think she under, 
she didn't understand at the time where I, where it could go because it was still so new in general, like computers and programming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, to a lot of people, it was like, Oh, you're just sitting inside playing games. Yeah. And I actually, it's funny because I think my mom and most everybody, except for my core group of like online friends, no one mm-hmm. knew that what we were doing as far as like programming, everyone just saw it. It's playing games. Playing games. But uh, the, the okay. joke was, well, we're getting the games to play for the, like, by themselves or for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're I'm doing. Games that play games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to write things to be to replace me. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, it was. It, it's funny you asked me. I mean, fun to ask that question. I, I've never been asked that question. Thanks. Yeah. Well, well, so, <laughs> I bring it up. So, um, you know, I've, I've I've spoken to a handful a handful of other people, and there is. Um, one person in particular, hopefully I am recollecting the story correctly, but basically what happened was her parents were divorced. Her dad lived a little bit away and there became a, what ended up happening is that when she was at her mom's house, she wouldn't be on the computer. And when she was at her dad's house, she would. And it sounds like her mom, again, I might be misquoting. It sounds like her mom made a point that she didn't want her to be on the computer all the time. She wanted her to go outside and that kind of stuff. And even you know, I was born in 88. So when I grew up in the early, you know, uh, probably like mid to late nineties is when I was like 10, whatever. Uh, yeah, I was in fourth grade in 98. So roughly around that time when I was starting to have my own stupid thoughts, um, I don't think my mom wanted me on the computer all the time. Um, in fact, because she was a single mother and it was just her, me and my brother, I'm sure she would have preferred that we were outside in the neighborhood because, our neighborhood was a large neighborhood, but our our uh, enclave was small enough that it was almost like the village was helping raise us. You know, like that was that was the case everywhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I now that, now that I think about it, I don't know how many times that Stevie's mom would you know make us lunch in the summer, and we would just hang out and play basketball in front of Stevie's house, and his parents didn't care. And I'm almost positive they didn't care because we were safe where you know they knew where we were you know what i mean like they just uh sort of always wanted to make sure that you do whatever the fuck you guys want to do as long as you're safe um and you're not like doing bad stuff um so i could see both sides of that right like why you might want your kids well you might be okay with your kids on the computer because you can see them you know where they are uh they're playing a game or they think you're playing a game um so it's it makes sense. So as you say that, the dangerous thing, though, I could foresee. So so <clears throat> we got into like AOL, right? AOL started coming yep. around. And then you have all these programs for like AOL Hell, AOL Wizard. You know, my buddy and I. My, what are those? Those were, those were um, you know, you have AOL and then AOL had chat rooms. And then, yep. uh, you know, once chat rooms hit a certain amount of people in them, you can't get in. And Oh yeah, I do remember. You have that. to sit there and you have to wait and keep clicking join until someone leaves. And yep, you know it's a very simple problem to fix. However, back then, you know you had, you know, Visual Basic. Excuse me, um, Visual Basic. Uh, I don't even know, one or two maybe. Um, and then yeah. what that allowed you, what we could do with Visual Basic is we're like, man, we want to make one of these these applications. So we made a, yep. you know, AOL Hell type application for just us me and my friends and um, you know, getting to what you were just talking about with your, your, your tribe of people and sitting on the computer Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. um, 
you know, that, that friend that I programmed with, he, he didn't make it to 30, right? Because we were, I mean, he didn't make it to 27. Uh, and I think that's because, or my assumption is because we were on the computers all the time, Mm -hmm. we didn't have the social interaction outside of ourselves. So when people came into our group from outside, they had a heavy influence, right? So it's like, oh, what's this new thing? Uh, this shiny object over here. You know, I've been so sheltered playing games or programming or doing this thing over here. Um, yeah. Let me try this. And unfortunately, he tried he tried this, which, you know, uh, I'll leave the details to, to his friends and family. But it's uh, sure. we can take a guess as to what that might might have been. And, you know, it was yeah. a downward spiral very, very quickly. Um, yeah. So that's why it's. You know, I, it, it's a it's definitely a fine line and a, and a very a very delicate one. Um, I mean, this guy was a superstar. Like, had he ke- had that not happened because of how we were programming? I mean, this kid doing saying like, he would be the next Zuckerberg would be, you know, an understatement. I mean, the dude was smart yeah. and he was a badass programmer yeah. at the time, uh, and. You no, know, we were we were working together. I would go over to his house. We'd spend weekends, nights, weekends, because his parents actually bought him a computer. Uh, you know, they were rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, no, I, I take that back. They uh, they did buy him a computer, and it was stayed in his room. But it was the family computer. Yeah. But it was in his room. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had that growing up. Well, when I got into like when I got to a point in which I use a computer more than my mom, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a it's an interesting point. I think. Uh, there was a period in time in which pro- when you talked about programmers, the, the, the vision that came into people's head was the comic book guy from the Simpsons, right? It was these fat slobby dudes in open toed sandals and they smelled right. Like they were not, they weren't bad. They just spent all their time in front of a computer. They didn't talk to people. They had very awkward social skills, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you were probably the first programmer I met that didn't fit that stereotype. Then again, at the time, I think I maybe knew one other programmer. So, you know, the sample size was incredibly <laughs> small. Um, Thanks, man. And yeah, right. But then, I, th- I, you know, in the more recent years, you meet a lot more programmers. They're all walks of life. Um, and you're like, wait, what, what happened with that, with that analogy, right? The comic book guy analogy. And I think two things happen. I think, one, the fact that a lot of people come to programming in various ways is why some people are really good at talking to people and some people aren't or why some people are uh, better at managing expectations or whatever. Um, and then the other side of it too, the point that I'm getting to now, which I, I ultimately I see it as a cycle is someone like me, I grew up in an age when technology was much more common, right? So like LimeWire. So I easily could have been the kids like, how does LimeWire work? And I could, that could have been the rabbit hole that got me into programming. Um, MySpace, actually my brother, like some of the earliest design work I think he did or front end development work he did was uh, MySpace themes oh, cool. for people. Yeah. Right. And so the walled garden that was programming, that wall got a lot lower and that wall is so low to a point where everyone is exposed to it. And what I'm worried about um, is that we are going to go right back into that comic book guy kind of hole where everyone spends their time in front of a screen. Uh, because that's commonplace now, consuming shit on the internet mm-hmm. that none of us are going to actually know how to uh, interact with one another, which is sort of scary. Uh, and yeah. we, we won't know the results until the kids that are 13 now are 30. 
So another 15 years. So it's going to be weird. I agree with you. I mean, sitting here in San Francisco, it's... Well, I saw you, you posted that photo on Instagram and it was a coffee shop and literally everyone was in front of a screen. Uh, the Matrix. Everyone's jacked it into is. the Matrix. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sad, man. Um, you know, it's... It, go ahead. It's, it's sad when it's misunderstood and misused. Cause, and I say that because right now we're recording a podcast where I have a, a, an audio microphone, uh, like a, a pseudo professional quality microphone plugged up to a computer via USB and I'm talking to you via the internet. So there's some good that comes from those guys and girls that sit in a, a room the size of a closet and make things. Uh, but the bad side is that they can't hold a conversation potentially. And again, not broad strokes, yeah. more examples. Um, all right. So you, you basically were a game nerd for a while. Uh, programmer. Always a gamer. What? Yeah. Right. What, uh, what about like school and stuff? So you're doing high school, whatever, um, college or what, what happened then? So during this whole period of <clears throat> writing scripts, et cetera, and playing games. So if I'm at school, when do I, when do I write scripts or work on them? Yep. And obviously that's going to be yep. as soon as I get out of school and all through the night. So yep. I was probably close to borderline sleeping during my classes or just out of it. <laughs> thinking about like, how do I code this problem or how do I fix this problem with this new thing that I've been working on? Yeah. Uh, For what it's worth, I woke up uh, the other day and the first thing I said to Anna was, I think I know how to make this database (laughs) much more efficient. She was like, what the fuck? It's like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's (laughs) uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you know, coding during the night, sleeping through school or just making my way through school, being tardy. I barely graduated high school because, I mean, thank God for on-the-job training for auto body or else I would have never passed. Um, (laughs) I actually, yeah, it was terrible. And um, it's not because I was stupid. It was just because I was lazy. (laughs) No, that's fair. Um, Well, you had interests elsewhere. Right. And that's a conversation all in and of itself you know, the whole schooling and no college, all that stuff, which I did try to go to community college. Um, I took a few classes, but I was just bored. I was like, why am I taking these classes when I'm just, I want to go spend all my time over here in this corner by myself on, you know, programming and then meeting people that are like-minded. Um, yep. Makes sense. And I did, you know, I may or may not have taken money to complete homework projects for other people during that time. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Um, so I I dropped out of community college and I unfortunately never went to school. Um, Now, with that said, I wish I had paid more attention, more attention in like English class, grammar, all that stuff, math, like in in high school. So basic everyday things that you would need to function. So grammar to be able to write proposals or emails or whatever, and then math to do your taxes. Yeah. I mean, there's something sexy about, you know, using words uh, properly and I putting agree. them together. And un- it's an unfortunate and I, I don't do it. I wish I could. Uh, I may do yeah. it. I might be able to, you know, bang around and get myself there uh, slowly these days. Yeah. And it's something I'm learning also on the side, but it's, uh, you know, this other thing took priority and all these other basic sure. needs went to the side, which is, you know, another thing that I can add to my list of, okay, didn't do it that way. Would have preferred to have, but hey, 
it's in the past at this point. All I can do is continue forward. Yep. Exactly. But so what'd you do instead of, I mean, so I say instead of, uh, most every American is assumed that between the ages of like 17 to 22, depending on where you are, you're going to be. Oh, so in that time, what did you do otherwise? Sorry. Yes. Um, I, I kind of like went off on a tangent. Sorry. No, nah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so I was in auto body and what did I do? Oh, I got a, a job at um, doing tech support for AT&T randomly. Oh, yeah? I applied for it. Yeah. And I, it was at a call center and I went and did it. And that's what I did on, when I was 18. I left, I graduated high school barely and then immediately was in doing tech support. And it was so yep. funny because I'm just sitting at tech support. I'm like listening to these people's calls, you know, doing my job, helping them. And then, uh, sure. you know, there was this one story, this, this poor woman, she called in and she's like, you know, it was back in the days of putting a CD in a drive and installing the software, et cetera. So you'd have to go through all these dialogue windows and click buttons yep. and shit. And, uh, I remember one day I put the speakerphone, I hit my speakerphone. So all the people around me could hear. And I told my buddies to come come listen to this. And I was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Can you repeat that? What, what buttons do you see? And she's like, you know, she was an older, she was a senior a poor little girl. Woman didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. Um, but it was just funny because it was, she's like, I see an okay button, a, a read me button and a cancel button. And I put it on mute. And I was like, they're like, we don't have a read me button. I'm like, no man, read me. <laughs> 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 so I had to repeat it a couple more times being an asshole that I was at the time at the moment in time. Yeah. And then I helped her with her problem. But, uh, you know, during that, that job, you know, it became very easy, very quickly. Um, because it's, you know, same problems. We knew how to fix it, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So it was almost mindless when these people called in at the time I was probably Makes sense. Yeah, 18 making, I don't know, 12, 14 bucks an hour. And at that time that was a lot of money. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I started, I, I found out that I could SSH from work to my machine at home. So then I would continue programming throughout the day. Uh, oh, ju- very cool. just on okay. random shit. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that now. They lock that shit yep. down. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. So I was like, this is cool. And then eventually I got fired um, from that because I would, I knew how to game the system, like the phone system. You could like hit, I remember you could hit oh, yeah. off on aux or something and it would like move you to the bottom of the queue. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> I could just be like, here, I'll just do this a couple of times and I'd move all the way to the bottom of the call queue and not have to do shit for a couple hours. Um, they, That's hilarious. they eventually got onto me for that. I'm sure that <laughs> they were probably very upset, but also very happy. And you know what I mean? Like, Oh, this is an ex- exploit that we can now fix. Um, but they probably still can't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, after that, it was, God, what did I do after that? Um, oh, I took some time off because at the time, you know, I was young. I didn't have bills. I was living with my parents. It was 18, 19 years old, uh, or living with mm-hmm. my mother. And, you know, just had money in the bank. And we're not talking a lot. We're talking maybe 1500 sure. bucks, maybe $2,000. And, um, you know, I, I think about when I was in college, which wasn't that long ago, but I'd make 400 bucks every two weeks and I live pretty fucking well. Yeah. Right. So like the, yeah, when you're, when you're that age, you're, <laughs> you're very, very little needs and very little money can go a long way. Yeah. I mean, and then growing up, you know, not really, um, 
you know, I just didn't, my means, my, my living uh, situation didn't, I wasn't flying on private jets. I wasn't, pri- I was, I wasn't flying in general. Yep. It didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was learning and doing this thing that I really loved. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of my mother for letting me do that and not putting a roadblock in front of me. Um, yep. So, and she just let me do, like I said, as long as it's within reason, she let me do it. Um, you know, and I got fired from that job. I had money. I had just spent a bunch of money on a new computer, like new parts, because I was building a gaming machine for Quake. And I was like, shit, yep. man, I just spent all this money. Now I, you know, I do have some cash. I can make it like three months uh, without having a job. And I just started looking, you know, I was like, fuck it, I'll play games and I'm going to program some more. I'll, I'll apply to some programming jobs. Um, and I remember being in the bookstore. And this is where people are like, oh, you got so lucky or, oh, you work so hard. It's like, no, hard work breeds luck. You will be in the right place at the right time when, when the universe wants you to be there, is what I believe at this yeah. point. And the, the short story following this is I was in the book, uh, Books a Million, and I remember being in the programming section, and I, this guy, his wife, and their newborn child, you know, they were there, and he was looking through a programming book. Uh, I think it was .NET at the time. And uh, I just, I don't know what I was thinking, being a, a programmer, introverted, you know, uh, I opened my mouth and I was like, Hey, are you, <laughs> you know, are you, are you learning how to program too? And at that was that moment in time where it was like, everything else fell into place and I got lucky. That's what started a lot mm-hmm. of this ball rolling. Um, and he's like, no, I'm actually looking to hire people. Cause I work for, you know, this organization, we're looking for programmers. And I was like, cool. I, he's like, do you program? <laughs> And I lied like a motherfucker. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, but you did. Right, though, so I did. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's, I didn't have any like documented work experience of this. Right. Yeah. And it was so yeah. funny because he's like, cool, I'll give you an interview. And then there was, an, that was the second time in, in history where I learned integrity. So it was all these things happening in like that moment. Right. Uh, yeah. And I sent him my resume and he called me and he's like, I have, I'll give you an interview because I told you would, I I told you that I would give you an interview and it would be against the law really for me to not give you one after telling you I would. Oh, wow. Okay. He's like, I got your resume and you have no experience document, like work experience programming. So I don't know, obviously come in and do the interview. And then eventually I came into the interview and he's like, you know, you're hired because you're the only person so far that's answered all four of my programming questions correctly. Ever. I was like, cool, man. <laughs> You're like, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like 2021 20, right. and I just started making, you know, 35 grand a year or 20, 28,000, 29,000, you know, 14 yeah. bucks an hour. Uh, and that was huge for what I was, you know, still young, no bills. Well, I mean, to be entirely honest, that's still, I mean, I have friends not in programming that make that much money their first job out of college. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're talking about a time that the dollar was, or just everything costs less comparatively. Mm-hmm. So, and you're 21. Like I'm talking about like, friends, roughly the same age in 2011, get a job out of college in Tampa at $27,000 a year. Oh, wow. And you had your first job at 21. What year was that? Or 20. Not it was 20, 1920. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making roughly the same. So it, you were, and you were living in Jacksonville, which I mean, and yeah. Tampa, it's basically <laughs> the same. It's cheap. So yeah, you had good money. Yeah. And there was actually, there's actually a large chunk of the story that I didn't talk about, which is, um, you know, somewhere in between 
you know, the writing scripts and the auto body or the, uh, tech, uh, sorry, the help desk, um, tech support Yep. in that area. I was on IRC internet relay chat and that was kind of like back in the yep. day, the, the hard, you know, Oh, this is hacker chat, not AOL. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. and I met, there's a guy and he's like, Hey, I noticed your IP you're in Jacksonville. You know, what, what, you, what's your story? And I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm learning, you know, learning how to program or I know Perl and all this stuff. And he's like, do you want to learn programming? I was like, more. Yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. It's like, I need an apprentice. And I met the guy and, uh, you know, that guy, you know, there's, there's a, there's a handful of people I owe everything to, you know, my mother Mm -hmm. first, uh, you know, my, my friends. And then, um, you know, this guy is number, number two right, right behind my mother mm-hmm. and, uh, or no, no, sorry, behind my uncle and aunt, uh, because they enabled me. Right. Uh, this guy yep. took me under his wing. He let me, he, he did the, 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 the application of knowledge. So he, or he allowed me to apply what I was learning immediately in a, in a work experience setting. So when I went to that interview, I already had done oodles of work prior in actual real world experience, you know, this guy ran dating sites, you know, 20, 20 dating sites at the time it was based in PHP and the dude, I mean, he's so smart and I still, I talk to him today, but not often, but I need to go see him now that I've talked, bring it up. But, uh, you know, he was my first roommate actually. Um, Oh wow. But he taught me or like how to install a server, how to install Oracle, how to compile, how to fix the fucking code if it breaks, if it's not compiling, you know, <laughs> compiling. I mean, you still have to do yeah. that today sometimes, but it's not as bad. I mean, people like badass programmers today are like, oh, I'll do this. It's like you have no clue <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't start out doing that. Like, it's like you don't know how yeah. bad it was. And even yeah. that bad was not bad for that time. Cause there was worse. Yeah, no, it's true. Like this, yeah. you know, if there was not a driver, like you had to write your own drivers if you couldn't get the software yeah. to install. You know, the thing that I think about sometimes, like let's say I'm having an issue with some JavaScript shit. I immediately think back that somebody programmed a space shuttle to land on the moon. Mm-hmm. Like that was programming. Yeah. And it, and they did it in books. They didn't do it on it. Like, have you seen that photo? It's like a, it, it was a woman who wrote most of the program. I think it was like 64 kilobytes was this entire program to, to, to run a spaceship to the moon. And she stands next to this huge pile of books. But that's how they did it back then. And I'm bitching about uh, a linter giving me an error. So it's yeah. like, you know, mm. <laughs> my problems clearly aren't that bad. Or, you know, they, they could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, I got... It, I learned a lot from that guy. And the, the biggest thing I learned was getting through the wall or the, the dip even of, I just can't get this to work. I can't do this. And I hated saying that. And he was at that opportune moment would be like, you can just, you aren't working. You aren't looking hard enough or you aren't, you know, you aren't trying hard enough. Um, and I would bust through it. And you know, that situation with that guy, he's like, you know, I've done this, apprenticeship type deal a couple of times and you're the only person that didn't give up. So he like continued, you know, I would travel all over the place with this guy, help him throw racks, you know, servers into racks in all kinds of different cities. Uh, you know, at that moment in time, that was the funnest thing that could ever be, you know, be happening. Um, yeah. You know, now obviously it's a little different, but, 
you know, that, that just opening my mouth in that bookstore is kind of what set everything in motion after that point. Um, yeah. And it was a tr- weird. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was working for the military, you know, working on, uh, helping build oh, computer based okay. training platforms, uh, distributed platforms. So people in different offices could contribute and build this, these, this software for that, uh, taught, you know, military people how to do X, Y, Z. Um, there was some light, you know, simulation stuff in there, uh, you know, flight simulators they were built working on too. And I was able to like lend a small hand doing that. Um, and that seems like a, a pretty legit job by that. I mean, like, it seems like it's, it's could be, it, it comes with its own set of challenges kind of thing. Like it's, it's not like, Oh, I worked at this agency and then I left and went to another agency. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's funny even talking about the, the government stuff, like when you get into the flight simulators, like the word engineer gets thrown around too much. I think these days, like programming engineer, like programming and engineer are synonymous apparently, uh, which they are not. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. An, an engineer builds a bridge and builds cars and builds planes. We fucking make websites or things that people poke at. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a discipline when it comes to engineering and yes, the, the discipline allows you to get through those roadblocks and to think and a lot more like when you get into building flight simulators, engineering, I mean, that's a lot of math. If you take people coming yeah. out of boot camps, dead boot camps, like they're calling them engineers. They're nothing. They're not an engineer. Uh, well, I could, especially something like that, right? You're talking about helping build software mm-hmm. that teaches people how to fly a huge metal bird in the air. And if that software is incorrect or doesn't, I, I could, I could imagine there could be some serious implications if it's not taken seriously or if the person doesn't have enough experience, et cetera. Correct. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, yeah. I was able to look and see that and then, you know, it, it progressed, you know, I, I wanted to do something different. I got a little bored with, with that. Mm-hmm. So I did, uh, Oh, system administration. I went and did system administration. Uh, so I was actually taking care of making sure servers stayed up and running for a very large grocery chain. Uh, and because the, the, the pro- was it, was it Publix no. or was it Winn-Dixie? It was Winn-Dixie. <laughs> ha, I, I don't know what they're called now, but it was Winn-Dixie at the time. I think it's still Winn-Dixie. <laughs> the grocery store so. formerly known as, um, but they, yeah, it's still Winn-Dixie or Bilo or something. Yeah. They, uh, but you know, that was me learning the other side of things of, I want to go do server stuff. I don't want to deal with code anymore, which it's still a problem because I'm still dealing with code. Um, yeah. You know, you still have to install things, uh, programs. You still have to make sure people aren't breaking into the system. If it goes down, you got to fix it remotely. I mean, you get into a whole different set of problems, which deals with hardware more so. And then you've got uh, the beautiful thing, though, is since it is a computer program, you can, if you do come with programming knowledge, your your job becomes a lot, a lot easier. So I was able, makes sense. able to write scripts that the company would use. You know, these guys would... Some people on the team would be like, hey, we have to do this. We have to find all these printers on this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's going to take two weeks. But I can write a script in three hours and get you your answer in 10 minutes afterwards. And they're like, oh, my God. Um, If you you were getting tired of code, of of programming, and then moved into server admin, what, what was the reason for that? I mean, obviously, the reason was you were tired of programming. But why were you tired of programming? Uh, because I'd been doing it for a while and I wanted to, I wanted to try, I wanted to try out being a sysadmin. 
because it's it, it, at the time it seemed a little more glor, uh, glorified, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm running the systems. You're just writing the yeah. code that goes on it. It's almost like a power <laughs> thing, yeah. If, if I don't do my job, your code right. doesn't work, so but, I'm better than you. Sort and of it's, kind of thing. But it's, what is it? What's the word? It's not symbiotic. It's, it's mutual, right? So it's like if you write bad code, it's not going to run on the server anyway. So <laughs> there was a time where, you know, you have these P-series machines that are millions of dollars with, you know, 128 plus gigs backplane, you know, memory, everything. You know, it's just one rack in, in the bot, in the, the, the data center, but that thing is millions of dollars. And I remember this is also another valuable lesson that I learned about what we do and whatnot is the timesheets when people would clock in and all the stores that mm-hmm. I would, you know, clock in and then that would go fire off to this server. Now, when you have hundreds of stores and you have thousands upon thousands of people clocking in constantly and clocking yep. out, that's a lot of work. So you need the server. That's why they bought it. The problem was the software. The software didn't know how to run on that server. It wasn't multi-threaded. It was single-threaded. So this millions mm-hmm. of dollars worth of hardware was coming down, crush, like buckling every Thursday during you know crunch time. Because it wasn't multi-threaded. It couldn't use the 64 processors on the machine. It used one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it essentially was a big-ass bottle. Yeah. So, um, you know, that taught me a lot. Um, and then I eventually went back to programming, i.e. where I'm at now, um, mm-hmm. or, or currently what I'm doing. I've progressed. But uh, it's been an interesting road. Long one. Really long. Yeah. Um, we're coming up on the hour sure. mark, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but in, w- would you summarize what it is that you're doing now? I mean, it, right now it's so fetch, but, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think in our, in our friendship, you've essentially either been a contractor or worked for yourself. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little of both still. It's, uh, you know, I'm okay. running the company and it's, I'm, you know, I've taken more of a management role. Uh, I would say I, I, Unfortunately, mm-hmm. don't touch code as much as I, I wish or I used to. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's a new chapter, right? It's, it's because I have all the experience or I'm bringing all the experience that I have had over the, the massive amount of time. Uh, and I'm able to now manage, you know, to get things done software-wise. Whether yeah. it's software it's, Well, it's almost as if you're in that position of your friend, the guy who was like, do you want to learn the the person you you were? Yes, about? exactly. Yeah, and you know he was twenty one, twenty two at the time. I think when he pro- no twenty five when he proposed that. So I'm a little late. I'm a little late to the party. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know it's interesting because um, I, I you may be late, but you still have knowledge. I mean, you've helped me in binds um, without fucking knowing JavaScript, just because you're good at it at programming and you've done it for a while. So I don't I know that, that. Thanks, the age or, or when when you do it matters. It's, I think, more so that you do it, right? Eh, maybe. That's sort of... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. It sounds good. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the gist is that, like, at the end of the day, you're still not, not like in a sappy way, but you're still giving back. Yes. Right? You, you, someone gave to you. You're paying it forward. Exactly. And I think that's a, a good point to make also is just like you should, I believe, you should always be paying it forward because that will always make you positive and helping. Yeah. It will never make you that makes go back a step if you can. Uh, you, yeah. You know the, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, you can say no. 
that's better than, I mean, you can say no because of this reason. Uh, if you're, if you're working on something, there's, there's a fine line between like getting distracted, but yep. most of the time you can, you can give some amount of, you know, even if it's five minutes, uh, you know, that, that five minutes is going to help that person get past something they would be messing around with for potentially days. Right. Yep. So although I do say no, I don't say it too terribly much when people yeah. like actually go out of their way to be like, Hey, uh, can you help me with this? Yeah, that makes no. That makes total sense. So we're we are at the point of, of at this in this discussion where I get to ask you fun like uh, wisdomy type of questions. Uh, yeah, and then after that is the secret fun time question. So the first question I'll ask, given your background and stuff, having all this knowledge that you have now, being in your thirties, right? You've done a bunch of really interesting stuff. Um, if you could go back in time, jump in, a, hop in a time machine, and tell your maybe fifteen, twelve. 20 year old self something, what would that thing be? One thing. <laughs> uh, it, it can be more, but like, you know, you, you want to, you want to provide some advice, some guidance to yourself. Gotcha. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, that's, I mean, obviously tough. There's so many things that I would respond with and it's across so many things like, you know, either personal or career wise or like what I was working on. Um, yeah. I would have to say maybe one of, something from each probably would be personally, I would definitely travel more. I would get out of my comfort. I would, I believe. And you travel all the time. I now. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. <laughs> uh, business wise, or at least like career wise, like in the context of programming, um, I would stop and I would read and learn and understand more before doing something. Uh, like the foundational level of whatever that thing is kind of thing, like looking under the hood, so to speak. Yeah. A simple question would be like, am I 100% confident in this? Like I know what, how to fix this or I know how this works and gotcha. knowing okay, how something works. Sense. Yeah. It's uh, you know, people would be like, Oh, well, you know, it takes a lot of time and experience to learn how to, you know, what frame relays, all this networking stuff, right. How that works. Like, no, no, it doesn't. You just have to sit down and do it and not get sidetracked Um, because I can assure you I would be, I would have hit this point probably much faster where I'm at. Um, And then some, if I had just taken the time to slow down and say, you know what, let me not immediately jump in and head first into actually like doing this thing and throwing stuff against the wall. Mm -hmm. Let me figure out what I'm throwing first and why I'm throwing it. So that's a, that's a fair point. I think what ends up happening, you know, my two cents on that is I think uh, what ends up happening and then the nature of programming or developing software, engineering software, whatever the hell you call it, the, the process is you jump in, right? Because if, if, if you met someone and they're like, I want to learn a program, what you're going to do is you're probably going to open up a console and you're like, all right, here, do this, right? Right. Print uh, or puts quote, hello world, end quote, hit enter in IRB and it spits back hello world. Like that's programming. Um, so I think what ends up happening is by the very nature of it, we jump right in because that's how we're all taught and stuff, but there definitely comes a point. And I try to do this more. I'm not very good at it of, okay, I need to build this thing rather than being like, all right, I'm going to go build it to actually literally sit down with, with paper and pencil and be like, all right, what are some things that I need? like to think about it uh, and sort of plan that thing that you build 
the same way that uh, a general contractor or an architect plans a building before they get into the act of building it. Because, I mean, you're still going to run into issues, but you're probably going to have a much smoother process along the way. And yeah. Generally speaking, I think I think until you're at a point where you either have really good senior people around you or you've done it long enough, do you really understand the value in that? Yeah, the 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 question, like I said, if you know, asking myself or others, are you 100% confident in this this answer or solution or you know X Y Z of the day, uh, really drives to the problem. It's like if you have if there's even a remote chance of you saying no, then you obviously don't. You either don't understand the problem or what's going on, like what, what the problem is yet enough, or your solution is not mm-hmm. as thought out as you thought it was, because yep. that's what, essentially, that's what we get paid for in almost any industry, right? Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. Have you, have you ever read the book? Uh, it's, a, it's a Bob Martin book. Oh, Uncle Bob Martin? Yeah, Uncle Bob. <laughs> uh, I think it's Clean Code. Uh, is it this? I one? may have flipped through it once or twice. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think it's clean club. If, if that's the one, it's either that or the clean coder. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Bob. I think it's uncle Bob though, but it talks about the idea of basically being a professional programmer um, or the professional on anything. And, and one of the things that, that I've been thinking about a lot is that um, when you, when you hand over software, right. When, when the project is done, it should not have any bugs. Um, and on a very surface level, what that means is that you should have coded it right. Mm-hmm. But going back to the point you made, what that means is that you understand what everything is doing. Like it shouldn't break because you know what everything is. You know mm-hmm. what this thing is, how it works. You know how it was written. You know if it breaks, you know how to fix it. But it's, it's you know that the premise of uh, providing soft providing software to someone that doesn't have any bugs means that you understand. Yeah, the Facebook, what Facebook used to say, and I think they've changed it. What is it? Go fast and break things or some, something stupid like that? Stupid um, startup shit. And it's, you know, people are like, oh, how can you say that? Facebook's like this large company. They've got built this thing. It's like, yeah, but if you're going fast and breaking things, it's because they have a lot of money and a lot of users and people, like it's a monopoly yeah. almost on social networks. So yeah, if it breaks, you're going to yeah. come back to it like a drug. Um, so yeah, that's so true. You, you yeah. can afford to do that. But is it, I mean, is it the right thing to do? I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a very good point. Um, now the last question is called the secret fun time question. It's a question that is not relevant to this show (laughs) at all. Although I, well, I don't plan the question ahead of time. Usually what happens is we talk and then five minutes before I need to ask it, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to ask? Um, and knowing our relationship, I have the perfect question for Uh you. If you had to live in one oh place my God. in your life, where would it be? I'm getting anxiety right now. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, there's so many choices. <laughs> All right, so we'll make it a little bit better. You had to pick a place to live for five years. Oh my God. Obviously, you, you, can, you can go on vacation and stuff in that place, but that is your residence. That's your home. <sighs> okay, so this is something... <laughs> It can be it can be anywhere, anywhere at all. You can do fucking Antarctica. Well, you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, but you could. for five years, and this is so, it's so funny you ask me this. this. Is actually a question I'm trying to solve myself. <laughs> oh well, then. Uh, Good luck. I I want to say I'm fairly confident with uh, New York City. Uh, I'm fairly confident that because it's very um, a lot of art. Uh, technology is you know it's not a San Francisco. It's not as in your face, but I like that. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, there's there's uh, other things that New York is known for, yeah. so it helps 
blend the pot a little bit. Yeah, I think all places I've been have been extremely awesome, but I just something about New York City that I absolutely love, and it's very accessible. Like, you know, I've, I've been having an issue with the flying, as you know, uh, but getting, oh, yeah. getting over yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> which unlocks a lot of doors, especially if you're in New York City, so it's very accessible to the world. Uh, yeah, that's true. And it's the energy is just amazing, and it just feels good being there. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people say, "Oh, why would you want to be there for the winters and all this stuff?" And it's like, well, you always come in the winter. I know too. it's awesome, though. It's uh, you, you know, you can. It's kind of bougie. It's kind of a white ivory tower, or sorry, an ivory tower kind of comment. But it's if you buy the if you have the right clothing, you're fine, right? You'll be you'll be fine yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. Well, if you're prepared, essentially, is Correct. what it comes down to. So, yeah. uh, and that's what I've not been usually is not prepared. So, uh, I really want to like do New York and just do it. Good. Well, maybe that means we'll have you sometime soon. Yes. I guess that was not a cool. That was actually answering a question, <laughs> answering your question, but answering a question for me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn. Um, I guess Spain, Barcelona. So- <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Even better. All right, cool. Um, I'll pick that one. Where, where, can, where can people find you on the internet and stuff? Uh, when they want to ask you to get those scripts that you wrote, uh, uh, yes. where can they, how do they reach you? Twitter, Instagram, GitHub, whatever whatever it is that you like and uh, whatever. Oh, I love phone calls, man. Call me. <laughs> 415-967-3732. Anytime, anybody. Um, it's uh, – <laughs> I'll answer your question. You might have to leave a message though. I, uh, you know, Twitter's cool. I, I'm not, I'm being serious. Like phone calls are, it's so much, it's full of wind. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the lost art of communication these days. Um, it is. No, it's true. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Seacresden, um, email Corey at sofetch.io. Uh, you know, like I said, phone, I just gave him the number, call it. <laughs> it's perfectly fine with me. That's you have to let me know if someone from the podcast actually calls. I hope they do. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Are you blushing? I'm laughing because what's going to happen is you're going to text me. You're going to be like, "It happened." I'm like, "What what are you talking about? It's two a.m." You'd be like, "Someone called me." Yes. Podcast, and it's it's going to be. God, I hope it's somebody Um, you don't know personally. Well, maybe yeah, 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 but somebody like you know what I mean, like somebody that calls me because they actually have something to they want to talk to me about yeah yeah no it's fair um well Corey, thank you thank you very much for joining me um uh, a secret of mine is that i've always well it's not a secret you've known this i've respected you i've looked up to you uh oh, you've definitely been a bit of a mentor for me so it's definitely been nice to have you on the podcast to hear about how you got started because you've been there for most of my beginnings um so yeah it's been nice to sort of reflect with you on your life a little bit oh i appreciate that man thank you that's uh yeah, it's man, been a fun ride i uh i always enjoy helping or asking or talking or whatever it is i can do for you cool well then what that means is Please. i'm gonna end the podcast on this note which is i will send you my taxes <laughs> <laughs> call me <laughs> all right thanks Corey. thanks patrick